Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we got big Chucky Robinson from James Island. And one of the things that, um, that you hear in the interview, Chucky, talk about was the sacrifice, the language barrier um, that can be very, very, very detrimental. If you don't pay attention in class, that's huge. Um, and the sacrifice, the sacrifice he had to make um, from giving up a possible coaching opportunity to potentially playing 17 years overseas. Um, let's talk about his, um, his business he's starting. Uh, he started uh, Primetime um, Logistics. So, um, Without further ado, let's get into the interview. Let's go. What's up, man? Listen, I appreciate you, you know, spending your time and coming on and doing this, you know, for me. You know, that's that's what we do. We try to you know, educate the community and the families on 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 how to get to those points that we've been to. You know what I mean? Right. And that's wow. what the Day Foundation serves, that message board to get a good information to the community. So I appreciate your time coming on today. I appreciate that. Man, I definitely appreciate you. I see you doing um, a lot of great things in the community. Um, I'm seeing it from afar, but, uh, you know, uh, since a long time ago, I've been following you. So uh, you're doing great and uh, just just keep keep staying positive. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So we get right into it, man. So, you know, like <clears throat> coming up, everybody talked about, you know, saying we growing up, Parks in 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 the elementary middle school was our our times where we kind of really established ourselves. And our topics talk about you know the parks and the rivals. You know the elementary middle school days where young Chucky started to make us mark. Talk about those those times where when you really starting to, to figure things out when you, this thing really started to come into play. Um, it started out uh, kind of very young, probably around 10, 12 years ago. I mean, at 10 to 12 years old, um, we used to go to Marla Saint Elementary School um, all the time and used to try and run with the big guys, you know, the older guys. Um, they didn't accept us at first, you know, we were just right. playing. And we had to try and establish ourselves um, just playing alongside, uh, you know, my cousin Jackie, uh, Wendell, uh, some of my teammates. Um, from uh, James Legend. Island. Legend. Yeah, we started off uh, together very young um, and we didn't know it was gonna be, you know, turn into something special at James Island. Right. So it's off in the park, you know, just getting familiar with uh, the basketball course, you know, get get familiar with one another, just enjoying uh, being together, you know, coming together and just having fun. And and obviously we, we, we learned to love it and it turned, turned into something special, you know? Yeah, it sure did. You guys had a good run. So, you know, as, as you turn in, you know, the love for the game, start liking it, you know, tell me when the, the love for the game and having fun start turning into something more, more serious. Because like you say, you know, in elementary school, you're playing in parks. In middle school, you're playing in parks. You know, high school years, that freshman year, take us back to that freshman year when you, you, you play varsity, JV, and when did it start happening for you? Um, it clicked, uh, you know, usually, I mean, it started to click a little bit when I, when I got a little older, um, just before I started playing varsity at the parks in Marla Saint, um, my, uh, fellow, uh, you know, uh, people who used to live in my neighborhood and EME, um, apartments, they, they saw something in me. Right. And clicked, uh, really that I, I really loved the game. Actually, we played our first game against uh, St. Andrews Middle School. I mean, St. Andrews High School. Right. I didn't play the first quarter of the game, at first half of the game. Um, you know, my uh, uh, 
guys from the neighborhood was cheering me on, trying to tell the coach to play me, play me. And after the halftime, coach said, I'm going to put you in. And we were down, uh, losing Brown by 12 points. He put me in the game. Um, I turned it around. Um, I think I scored about 12 points, six rebounds wow. in about 15 minutes. And, um, you know, I was born in, and I said, man, I love this game. I love the crowd. I love the energy that I feed off of them. And and I was born in, and I I didn't turn back. I loved it. Right. Right. So take us back to where freshman high school, you know, sophomore, junior year, your senior year. Um, what happened? What happened with the far as recruiting and, and schools looking at you? And because we all like, far, I went to prep school, I went to Folk Union for uh, uh, my prep school year because I couldn't qualify academically. Right. Um, so we, we talked about that. And just we just didn't know. We just didn't know the things and the preparation that we needed um coming up in that era you know what i'm saying it wasn't a whole lot of uh, pioneers prior to us to let us know hey look do this do that so take us back to the high school years where you know things are serious she, i mean james Allen is killing you winning championships she went lower state and then the recruitment started take us back to what that looked like well in junior junior year um coach called me in the room and he said that uh you starting to get a lot of letters man i was getting the letters from north carolina state uh Syracuse, Notre Dame, uh, University of South Carolina. I was getting letters all over the country. Didn't even know that um, I was being recruited like that. Of course, uh-huh. they sent letters to a lot of athletes. But, you know, uh, I was starting to, to see that when it opened my eyes and say, wow, I probably can go somewhere. Right. Um, at that time, I really, I really wasn't taking school seriously um, like I should because people don't understand being a student athlete. Um, you know, some people think you get your privilege and everything from teachers and everything, but you have to balance it out. You have to have a balance of uh, playing basketball um, and in the books. And like you said before, I didn't, um, I didn't um, make my scores. So I had a decision to make. Um, I had to either go to prep school, like you said, I think it was Maine Institute, institute or i can go to a junior college mm-hmm. and um i chose the junior college because at that time we wasn't financially equipped to pay for uh tuition going to main institute where i came from so i said the best route for me so i can uh, put my family at ease is getting a scholarship and i got a scholarship at uh, howard junior college and um it uh turned my life around uh, especially uh, my mom and my family then wouldn't have a burden of, of uh, having to pay out of pocket. So I took that in consideration to, um, to take that scholarship. I also had some other scholarships to play junior college ball, but for me, I wanted to get away from home and right. get in a different environment so I can focus on myself, get to know who I am, at the time, because I was young, everybody go through a lot of spurs. So I want to just know who I am, being away from home, being away from my environment that I grew up in, and and get to figure out things on my own. I didn't want to lean on anybody else. I want to, if, if I had to choose a route, I wanted to be on me and not anybody else. Right, right. And and, and that's, you know, part of the, the struggle. That's why this podcast and, you know, talking to, you know, former student-athletes, current student-athletes is so important because you could easily, with those adverse options, you'll call it quits. Or I'll just stay home. I'll just do X, Y, Z. But taking that extra step to going to junior college and obtaining the, you know, a scholarship to East Carolina. Talk about that and how that happened from Howard College and then getting signed to East Carolina. Um, the Howard College, if people don't know um, – it's it's one of the best uh, junior college leagues. It's uh it's in you playing with Odessa College. I don't know if anybody familiar with Larry Johnson, who used to play for the Charlotte Hornets. He came yep. in that college. A lot of big name um, players came from that college. Um, I mean, in the in the region that we played in, is very tough and competitive. In um, I think it's Region Ten, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I was pretty good. The first year I led my um, team in scoring about 15 points a game. Um, My sophomore year there, um, I was second in scoring. Um, I ended up, 
I had a teammate, Mark Davis. Uh, he ended up getting, got, getting draft, drafted to Philadelphia 76ers. He went to Texas Tech after uh, uh, Howard College. But uh, being in um, Howard, you, you, you start the recruitment all over again. Sure. It started all over again because now you got the same colleges trying to offer you scholarships and want you to come to their school. And my only thinking was trying to get back um, on the East Coast or down South so my mom could see me play. Um, East Carolina play a, 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 a pivotal role in me going to East Carolina because I knew Joe Dooley. I know Coach Eddie Payne. When they was at University of South Carolina, we used to go to their camps all the time. So I was very familiar with them. So I had on a signing day, I had University of Oklahoma there. I had uh, University of uh, Texas A&M and Long Beach State. And I made a decision um, during that time to go back on the East Coast and let my mother see me play because I, in my mind, I owed to her to get back so she can see me play my last two years at East Carolina. So that's why I chose, chose them and I was familiar with uh, the coaching staff. In this time of our session, we have Melvin Watson. Melvin is a good friend of mine. We played at Burke High School, and, and him and I are products of the midnight basketball era. Um, this interview will air Christmas Day. Uh, very, very special interview. So say a little bit about it. Carolina had just lost Shaman to North Carolina. Right. They didn't have a guard. So they came to watch us play MCI when they had uh, Brad Miller and the other guy that went to, uh, to Purdue with him. You know, mm -hmm. Brad played in the league for a couple of years. But right. in that game, I had 32 and 10. And I saw him after the game, and he came up to me and said, hey, would you still be interested? Like, you know, in this day and age, you right. know what kids would have told him in yeah. this day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you, you've got to have a maturity level. I understand it's a business. Now let's get back to the interview. You know, talking to players, man, <clears throat> I found out that, you know, in our era, even now today, there's nobody setting a path of, like, for example, a bag of rice, right? A bag of rice, $6 bag of rice. Right. A $6 bag of rice is not going to sell in Piggly Wiggly. It'll sell in Whole Foods or Harris Teeter. Now, right. a $2 bag of rice Whole Foods ain't going to carry that. Right. Piggly Wiggly will. So, yes. taking it to the athlete, we got to know our value of which school we're trying to go to. For example, if a school's a running gun up and down solid play, and I'm a big man, I can't go to that school. Right. Or for guard-oriented type offense. Yes. So, I realized, listening to a lot of players, a lot of us, because I made, I made the same decision, we base our decision on comfortability. That's right. We base our decision on, on relationships. You know what I mean? Is we right. didn't base our decision on what well, is coach run a XYZ style offense. I didn't go right. here. Or this coach has a as a as a as a a guard that's a senior that when I get there, he's gonna be a senior, I'm gonna be a freshman. I got the I got the flow for three years. We don't make those type of decisions. So that's why the podcast is so important because all the stories we're hearing, all the things we, that's why the stories never change, just the times. So when right. you said that, it confirmed that it's just a revolving situation where kids make decisions based on relationships. And you, you're true as what you said, because for instance, I had a lot of, uh, you know, guys back here in, in, in the, uh, you know, neighborhood asking me and a lot of people back on James Island when I came back and visit, why you choose East Carolina? You could have went to a big school. Actually, I had uh, 
coach, uh, what's his name, from North Carolina State was off me a scholarship. He told me, he said that um, if you come here, I think his name was Fagans. Fagans was the starting power forward for North Carolina State. Um, he said, well, you could come and play 10 minutes a game. And people don't understand that. I'm, as you may, as you said earlier, you're looking at who's in front of you, seniors, juniors, where's your playing time coming from? Now, I could have went to a big school and got lost in the shuffle. Right, right. Couldn't have been heard trying to get overseas. Right. I mean, people got to look at their option. You know, big schools are fine. But you got to go somewhere where you can play and you feel comfortable, just like yourself. You could have went to any big schools. Sure. But you come back home and play and you was you you was you was a hell of a player and a star at the university and back in your backyard so that was that was a beautiful thing for sure um take us back to you know some of the story time some of the big wins some of the accolades that you that you had it was who do y'all play and where's your biggest game because i remember we played um you know florida international with roger bell carlos arroyo two nba players and I'm telling you, man, we went down to Florida International. Shaky Rodriguez was a coach. And I'm telling you, Carlos Arroyo did the, the best with me, right? And my, my team, they got on me. They started teasing me. We played Florida International on a Saturday at 12 o'clock Saturday morning. I went to bed 8 o'clock Friday <laughs> because I know I had to be ready. And that right. game was the determining factor when we went to the tournament. Right. Uh, Pushed to me, won the game was a great game. And now I can say that was the best game for my career because I prepared and I, that was a big win for me. I had a big game, but it was, I had to prepare for that game. It was a get back. What was one, one of your biggest games and some of the accolades that you say that you're, you know, you got some, 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 some paths in it at these characters? Um, the biggest um, accolades I had, I was the MVP of the Maui tournament when we played in Hawaii, uh, the Shadama tournament. Um, I remember that. Everybody did the history. Shadama upset Ralph Sampson and team back in the 80s when Sampson was two-time, two yeah, the two-time MVP. I mean, um, yeah, MVP of uh, college basketball. Um, the biggest moment I played, the biggest team we played against was Georgia Tech at the time. They had three, four guys on the NBA team. They had uh, James Forrest. He was the, one of the best players. Actually, he's big from three? Yeah, no, they had James Forrest, they had they had uh Barry, um, they had Travis Best, they had uh what's his Ooh. name? He was a three guard, he played in the NBA, they had Eddie Alisma. So they had Ooh. uh Juan. And um we played them, we didn't win, but I knew what I belonged. I I think I had about eighteen points, uh twelve rebounds, something like that. And I said, Yeah, I played against uh the ACC tough opponent i think i can play on the next level right so more confidence confidence and um you know encourage me to say hey man if you play against all these guys you definitely can uh, play overseas with no problem right you know right so those right. accolades i had i was uh uh i didn't make all conference a lot of coaches thought i should i ended up averaging um at the time 15 and a half points 7.8 rebounds a game i think two assists and they right. thought I uh um sec not even second team all all conference all mentioned all right. Right. so I could have got it they thought I should have but it goes like that. So that just added fuel to the fire and prepared me for what I was going on my next chapter. So you what six seven, six eight, what are you listed as? I thanks. Uh in my good days I was six seven. Six seven. <laughs> okay. So six seven from Charleston, I mean you're damn near center. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? In Charleston. Yeah. But, you know, remember watching you play, you ran the floor like a gazelle, right? Yeah. Good hands, you know, dunk, you can finish properly. How did that, how did those skill set transfer to the next level? Because you got to think now, you get to come up from a, a bigger, bigger talent, bigger people, you know, you dominated this era because not, not taking away from your skill level, but you were bigger than everybody else. True. What challenges that you, you came into when you got to the next level and you had to adapt because now you're dealing with the same size people now. Yes. Um, that's a good question. Uh, basically I knew my calling call was, uh, I can run the floor. Like you said, finish around the basket, 
Um, I didn't have a jump shot. Um, I, I thought in my mind I was a I was a I was a good passer. So I had that down. I can dribble on a straight line um, mm -hmm. to the basket with the ease. Right. So now I had to redefine my game of. Um, in college, I shot a little bit, 15, 16 foot jumper. So I knew certain things I had to add to my game. So I started working on my game a lot, individualized, staying in the gym, uh, working on my 15 to 17 foot jump shot. Um, you know, going to the basket left, um, left hand. So I had to work on some things that, you know, that if you wanted to be the same player that you were in high school, it wasn't going to work at the next level. Definitely. You know, or college because now you got, like you say, you got guys six, seven, and overseas, they big guards. Yeah. They so I They're had to you out on the perimeter. That's right, and, and actually, you know, some I played a lot of. I played three, and I played a lot of four, but I use it as my advantage. For threes who played me, I was bigger than them. I can use my post game mm. more. And when I played the four, I can face them up in the basket and use my speed to the basket. So I use it to my advantage. Mm. I use it to my advantage. So things, when you start to, uh, the basketball game starting to slow down some, mm. now see what you can do to different opponents. And uh, that was the key to my long 17-year uh, career overseas. Okay. So that segues to another question. So here's senior year. East Carolina, you're killing. Now, the next chapter is about to either start or end. What happened with that? Did the, did the Asian approach you? Do you went to some type of tryout camps? Because, you know, when you know my era coming out, like you had to have an agent. You had to have an agent represent you. Not say you don't you don't need one, but you you have to have someone talking for you. How did that happen for you? And how did you get locked in? Um, and, and, and fulfill that 17-year career. Because that, that's hard. All audience, listen, to, listen. for one, it's hard being a student-athlete, and it's even harder to spend 17 years getting paid overseas to put a ball in a hole. That, that, that's not just talent, period. Right, right. Um, getting the question, uh, starting, getting ready to go overseas. Uh, season just ended at East Carolina. Um, my coach at the time, Eddie Payne, he just uh, accepted a job to uh, Oregon State University. Um, he knew at the time that I had a fiance and my youngest daughter was uh, one getting ready to turn two. He gave me an option. He said, hey, Chuck, um, you know, because he promised my mom that uh, I would get my uh, degree, right. um, my bachelor's. I didn't get it. I graduated from junior college. I was happy with that. But he promised my mom that I would, uh, he would try and get me my bachelor's degree. So he offered me a job. People don't know this, this is a story. People don't know, he came to me and said, hey, I promised your mom, um, I wanna get you uh, your degree. Once you come and be a student assistant coach at Oregon State, you don't have to worry about anything but living expenses. Cause he was trying to get me closer to my fiance, my wife, at the, well, she's my wife now. Is my wife who lived in Seattle at the time. So she wanna get, he wanna get me close. So I had to, I had a decision to make. A training session with uh, Jermel is um, quite intense, but um, it's very orderly, which I like. Um, there's time sessions and each individual, um, even if there's a small group session, he's able to focus on individual skill sets, you know, say skill sets more for a guard or skill sets more for a post player. He kind of tries to tie those in. Um, so there's a lot of conditioning, so it is intense. And um, the kids are tired at the end of it, exhausted, and sometimes they feel like they're gonna throw up. But it's all good because um, they need that to be able to stay the course of the game right up to that final whistle. Raising a student athlete is just as important as being one. So that decision I said to myself, if I accept this job, I know my basketball career is going to end for, for playing overseas. So I made a decision. I said, you know what, um, I appreciate you, Coach, but um, my love for the game, I, I love to play. So uh, that's when I chose to play overseas. Um, actually, my assistant coach, 
he brought a couple agents uh, at our school and we spoke and uh, and he sent my tapes over in uh, uh, Europe, South America. And you had the option of, uh, you know, where you want to go and how much they're going to pay you. That's how you made your uh, decision of going overseas. Uh, people don't understand, like you said before, you need an agent. Because most of the time you have, if you're going overseas, most of the time you have an agent here mm -hmm. in the States. So they got to make that connection overseas. Correct. So I learned that later on down the line. I just cut out the agent over here and I got an agent over overseas. So he's in a mix of things. He's right there. Mm. So I end up doing that later on in my career. But um, to say you do need an agent to get where you need to go at overseas because um, without an agent, it's going to be difficult. And you got to have game footage. They, they want to have tape on you uh, because you're not the only person that uh, videos they're looking at now. They're looking at everybody in the world trying to come to their team. So you have to do have a certain skills to differentiate from others to get selected to those clubs. Right. And, and traveling 17 years. Talk about the traveling. Talk about the culture. Talk about the things that that was different for you that you realized, like, man, this is different. And um and talk about those experiences, because I think, you know, people just think about going overseas and playing basketball. You got a lot of, you got, you got language, culture, you know what I'm saying? You know, food, yes. travel. I mean, so many things. It's a whole new world. Talk about some of the challenges that you experienced, you know, in your early, in your early career overseas. Uh, challenges I felt um, I uh, experienced early on. I just want to say this for, Miss Dennehy, she was um, one of my Spanish teachers, and I didn't take it seriously. 95, my first job was in Spain, Cordoba, Spain. I got there, didn't know too much uh, Spanish, and I didn't struggle because uh, I got a translator and started translating a little bit. And, um, and that's one of the biggest, the biggest, uh, the language barrier. Mm. Um, you know, some you got some uh, people over there speak English who goes to university. Um, but basically, you go into different stores if you don't speak Spanish or uh, going to Israel, Finland, all these different countries, the, 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 the language barrier, because, you know, basketball is universal. Correct. Is you so the language barrier and you talking about being away from home, you talking to you might go to a place. You, we live in Charleston, and we consider that the big city. You going to a smaller city, and probably Finland somewhere. I played in a city called Uzikapunki, or some something like that. What? Small, yeah, in Finland. Played there. It was maybe twenty thousand people. Wow. And then, so you talking about going from a big city to a small town? Now you adapting. Now. There's no McDonald's, no no Burger King. These are things that you don't have that you used to on a daily basis. So now when you don't have that, a lot of people get on that telephone. Back in the days, we didn't really have internet yet. I think internet came out in low 97, 98 or something like that. Right. So you used to go to the library, you know, uh, fill out uh, uh uh, later, sent it home, and 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 then used to get on that telephone, run up that phone bill. I'm like, man, MCI people don't know about MCI. MCI, my phone bill three thousand dollars. I said, oh no, they can't do this. Wow, wow. Being away from home is a sacrifice that you, if you want to live that wow. that style of life, because basically you have at least you practice two times a day, morning, afternoon. People don't understand. Practice maybe two hours, two hours and a half. You got the rest of the day to do whatever you want to. So that means you in the house looking at TV, catching up on store. I mean, uh, whatever or whatever. So it's it's a it's a lot different. You can't go to your your best friend house <laughs> down the street because right. he. So it's it's the lifestyle is totally different. Right, and you spent seventeen years. So you know that's that's huge. And I tell people all the time, like talent gets you there but hard work keeps you you know what i'm saying hard work keeps you um so now let's talk about you know 
in the future you have a have a daughter you know, that plays sports. Um, and we learn so much through our coaches that you know that coached us as far as being on time and different characteristics and attributes. Yes. Talk about the things you've learned, you know, because Coach Cress, we had to be places at 7-12, 7-13. We had so much talent, he built us on the time element and how important time is and how respectful you had to be about time. Talk about some things that you learned through your coaches over the year and how you implement them into your daily life and especially, you know, your kids. Uh, that's, that's a good good question. Um, time, I'm very prompt. Um, I think time is is necessary. Like you said, going to these different meetings with, uh, you know, you have weightlifting in school, you have uh, study halls, you have to go to the classroom and you got to be on time. So I implement that in my everyday life and I try and implement, implement that with my, my daughters. They're kind of older now. Um, my oldest one is 27. Uh, she's uh, studying for a master's online. And my youngest daughter is uh, 22, junior at uh, Savannah State. So I try and tell them, I said, hey, I always try and tell them stories. I say, hey, time is it's valuable. You can't be late to someone. If you have a meeting, you have to be on time because a person like a per, if a person expecting you to be there and you're late, they saying, hey, you don't care about my time. Right. That's very right. disrespectful. Right. You know, I you know make sure that other person knows that you're going to show up on time and that you're going to give them um, 100 percent your uh, undivided attention. That's very important. Um, you're learning to be on time. Um, um, trying to listen. If you're in front of somebody, just listen to what they say. Give eye contact. Um, I think that's very important in this day of age. And also, you know, just trying to talk to them. And just let them know that um, it's very important, you know, um, value that other person's time, no matter what. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jermel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to, you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And his philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically, teaches the game of basketball. Focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. You know, and, and, and in closing, um, I have a, I, I created something called the oatmeal recipe. So all the things that I've, uh, you know, accumulated for all the coaches and experience and exposure over the years with dealing with the sport, I think three things stick out to me that's very important. Skill development, nutrition, and education. True. So the skill development part, no matter what sport you play, you know, no matter what career you in, you have to have a skill. In education, no matter what sport you play, no matter what career you in, you have to be educated about what you do. <coughs> and then nutrition is very important because, you know, your body needs, you know, that, that nourishment in order to perform at a high level. Uh, talk about those three things and how, you know, those things has as 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 evolve into your life. And we'll start with the first one with uh skill development. I think skill development starts at a very early age. Um, um as you may see, uh, know that you know <clears throat> you have to learn the proper fundamentals of playing basketball. And <clears throat> I know as as you <clears throat> excuse me, as you um have these different um clinics and work out uh, uh, your students or whoever, you have to break them out down to the basic, basic of fundamental footwork, uh, catch, pass, fake, triple threat. For you sure. have to break down from all that, you know, coming down, shooting off. You have to break them down to fund fundamentals is important to the game itself. Uh, without fundamentals, you're not going to get far. For I sure. mean, because 
every athlete today, they're bigger, stronger, faster. And if you don't have some kind of fundamentals, you're not going to make it. Right. So fundamental is the basic to to basketball itself in life. It's it's, it's the fundamental. For sure. Know? And I say education of the sport because I, t- I say this all the time where, you know, had I had the education of the sport, I could have prolonged my career because, you know, 20 points a game is easy if you understand. If I score two points a quarter, that's 16 points. Now I'm four points for 20. How do I get four points? Well, when it's seven and 10 team fouls, I'll drive. Right. I get 20 points without even sweating. That's right. So talk about the education of the sport and that's education alone, how important that is. Because we both, we talked about education before about, you know, just coming up in the sport. We didn't know how important it is to focus and make everything a balance. That just wasn't, we could do it, but we didn't know how important it was to bring it up in our initial effort. You remember the days when, especially in college, remember when, you go in the day before the game and Coach Chris or any of the coaches give you the uh, the uh, the sheet of paper stating about what your person do, like each sure. man left goes right. For sure. That That's basically the start of it for me in college by they breaking down film and you have to study your opponents, mm. um, you know, their tendencies. Now, that's when you excel because that's when you have to do a little homework on yourself. You know, if you play against uh, a particular person uh, each time, at the first time, if you don't do no studying, you will see like, okay, a couple a uh, couple plays, this is favorite move. You just look in and, and learn his movements. But um, if I play against that person again, I have for myself, I say, hey, coach, break down tape. Let me see a couple moves from last game and stuff. And I, I study his tendencies. Mm-hmm. And it's good because all the opponents going to study your tendencies also. So you're going to have to have uh, a number one move, a number one, A move, a B, B move, C move out of that one move. Right. You know, um, it's just about if you want to uh, excel on, on what you want to do, you have to study the game inside and outside. It's like a relationship. You have to put the work in, spend the time. If you don't put the work in, you're not going to get a lot out of the game itself. For sure, for sure. And lastly, is you know, I go to all these AAU games or even travel basketball, whatever you want to call it, and these kids got sodas and, you know, Skittles and, you know, sugar. You know, we talk about quick reaction, quick thinking times. If your body's full of sugar and your blood is full of sugar, you can't, you're not getting the reaction you need. You're not getting the fast twitch reaction that you need. Right. How important is nutrition is to you when it comes to, you know, play and performance? Well, I did I didn't know at an earlier age, like you say, you know, eating candies, junk foods and <laughs> all that, trying to get like they say, the sugar gets you hyper and all that stuff. Right. They don't and you're gonna crash hard also. All day. So basically learning once I got to college, um, coaches uh installing us it's important to have a great meal breakfast is important uh you know eating a lot of proteins eating a lot of fruits um you know you're gonna need some um high energy food, food pasta that that's give you a lot of energy uh baked chicken um so i didn't learn that until i got to college and i used that throughout um my 17 year career overseas because it's important um to to be strong and have the stamina to play 35 37 minutes a game and 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 it's tough but um eating is very you have to be healthy you have, have to have that balance you know, and sodas is no good. I mean, you know, most of these sports drinks are no good either. So you got to right. pick and choose what you want to put in your body. You know, I drink a lot of water also. You know, um, water does, like they say, water does the body good. But you have to pick and choose now on what you put in your body because there's so, so much things out there is made of sugar, but you have to use um, great judgment. And this time my message... We got Coach Ben Betts. First and foremost, I mean, it's got to be important to you because you got to understand that 
you're going to need that tool of education, having your degree, you know, down the road. Right. But also, the rules force you to be that you you have to make it important because if you don't, then your windows of opportunity uh, is going to shrink because of the rules. So you have to get yourself eligible. You have to meet certain requirements through whether the ACT, the SAT, clearinghouse, your core courses. So when you understand that those things are really important at an early age and become somewhat successful at it, then that's going to kind of lay the foundation, you know, as far as when you go to college. Now let's get back to the interview. And lastly, um, in our era, we got in trouble for it. Now they're giving athletes the rights to their names, letting them, you know, make money in school. <laughs> I want to find out your take in closing, your take on student athletes getting paid. But here's my take on it. I think an athlete should get a stipend. Now, that stipend is $25,000, $50,000, whatever. Let's say it's $50,000. $25,000 as a freshman when you first came in, $25,000 as a senior when you graduate. And here's why. We spent four years of high school playing. I didn't work when I played high school ball. I don't know if you did. No. And then we can't work when we get in college because it's against the rule to work when we got a scholarship. So peep game. We're out the job market eight to 10 years. And we don't get a job, I mean, a, a contract our senior year in college, we're pretty much screwed. And that's right. where a lot of athletes are in that little bubble right there because no job experience, no income, and we're pretty much screwed. What's your take on, on, on athletes being paid or getting some type of stipend? I agree they should. Um, I think across the board, it has to be a balance because now if you don't put a cap on it, I'm looking at it from the big power schools. They got the more money. They can entice the recruiting to come to this college because they can pay them. So I, my opinion, it's got to be a balance across the board. It got to be a cap because it's not the cap. Like they say, the rich keep getting richer. Right. Um, back in the college, like you say, we had scholarship. We couldn't work. Right. So now, you know, we used to wait back in the days for, I don't know if you got Pell Grant. We got, I, yep. I got Pell Grant. Yep. Mom, dad, them used to send me money, brothers. Them. I didn't get Pell Grant. My parents got the Pell Grant. <laughs> hey, they did, but I try, I try and wiggle some money out of it. Man. <laughs> so uh, that, that's great, too. But, um, yes, because, you know, right now they're saying, I don't know, what's the format? Uh, I know they're getting paid. So well, the format much? is that so they get an attendance stipend where it's like athletes are getting like $10,000. Attendance stipend. So if you come to school – Boom, you get 10 grand off the top. But that 10 grand is a cap between North Carolina and Brown University. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough to know about the cap, but I know athletes are getting, I think, 10, 10 grand when they enter college. Okay. And that's, that's great because I also, like you said before, I think every year, I think they should get uh, per semester. And at the end of three or, or four years, say that person is not going to the NBA or going to the NFL. Like you said, I think they should have some money before they get out in the real world. Because most of the time, if you don't have no money, you're going back to your parents' house. Going back now, to house. if you come from a single parent home, you got to help your mom or whoever. You got to help them. So you're going to need that money to help send money back home to help them out. So people don't understand. Sometimes they look at it and they say, oh, he got a scholarship. Yeah, I got a scholarship, but my mom, they're still struggling back at home. So I need to have some money to send back to home. People don't understand that side of it. It's the thing that I struggle with. You know, you got the naysayers that say, well, they don't need to get paid because their, their education is getting paid for. Well, if that's the case, don't let me go to class. Just give me my grade. And pass me on. But if That's I got to right. study, I got to stay up all night and study and take this test, I'm earning that grade. Period. And the, and, and the thing is, too, is that athletes got to make 
the same amount, the same grade in less time. That's we right. We study, we travel, we practice. That's right. So I, I think it's I think it's passed through, even though we missed out on that opportunity. I right. think it's good that some of the young kids are, are, are getting the chance to, to make money off, off, off their name on their backs. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely pleased um, it's, it came this far because it's well-deserving. I mean, people, we, they don't understand. People leave from um, the inner cities and going to college with nothing but a bag um, in their hands. I mean, they're going to college, they're paying for themselves. Parents can't send them money like they can. So sometimes that's how some of us or some people got in trouble of taking benefits because they, it's, they need help, but people sure. don't, they're trying to punish them, but they're trying to tell them their circumstances, man. They come, some people come from the dirt, man, and, and having a privilege to get an education or, or a scholarship where they came from, uh, and they see some money, they're they going to take it. I can't be sure. mad at them, happy sure. the NCAA, you know, trying to come to, you know, to a decision to get them paid. That's what it's all about, man. That's why this podcast was created, because, you know, hearing stories like like yours and, you know, the B.J. Mackeys and the Marvin Orange, like, you know, we got a lot of lot of talent that came through this, this state. And, yes. And it's a lot of the same stories where, you know, either we weren't supported or we just wouldn't have that direction. And, and it's because our parents didn't know. What if a, right. what is, what is a parent, what does a kid do leaving from fifth grade going to sixth grade? What do they do? What do they do from eighth grade to high, to, to high school? What do they do from high school to college? So given having this wealth of information that parents can tap into, I think it's just awesome. <coughs> I appreciate you for spending time and, and, and giving up their wealth of knowledge to the, to the community, bro. Well, I definitely appreciate your time and your platform that you have. Like I said, you're doing a marvelous job. You continue to keep pushing, um, break barriers, man. You, you're doing you're doing a great job, and I'm very proud and honored to see you at this stage in your career. And I know you have a lot more room to grow and affect a lot of people's lives. Um, you just don't know. Um, it's a great feeling when you have a kid just come back to you and say, "Hey, I just want to let you know you 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 sure. touch." And the way you affected me to mold me into the person I am today. So that that's a lot saying coming from you also. And uh, before we leave, I just want to plug this in, man. Um, I got a new company. Um, me and my wife established uh, Prime Time Logistics. Um, it's a trucking company. We started in 2018. So just wanted to uh, let anybody know if uh, owner operators or, or company workers, um, um, you could come to my office at uh, our office at 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. on Wednesday. We take walk-in. Um, you can apply in person, or you can go to the the website primetimelogisticsllc.com, and um, our number is 843-771-6196, and our uh, office is located in 2819 Industrial Avenue, North Charleston, 294. Zero five. That's awesome, man. And that's and that's what it's all about. Like you know, that right there, you know, made this interview totally possible because I love to see. I'm a, I'm a student athlete activist. Meaning yes, sir. That, meaning that, you know, in my I, I interviewed Cedric Weber and his his mother them. You know, they didn't want him to watch TV because they didn't want to be exposed to the right. outside world, right? And because of the entertainment, what black athletes we do all the time so yes. now in my professional life bro if someone come up me come, come talk to me and the first thing they ask me is about this i'm offended right because you know this is this is over this was this, this happened 20 years ago and that's right. the only thing you think i'm about we got a problem you're right so that's why I, i'm so adamant about having that being a representative, being that I'm bigger than just, I, I, I can put a ball in a hole, yeah. But That's I can right. do a TV show, I can do a podcast, I can run a business for 20 years, you know what I mean? So You're right. here you talk about business and logistics. You ain't talking about no selling CDs or no, you know, not knocking any type of crap. <clears throat> logistics is the type of business that requires a lot of intelligence and understanding. And yeah. student athletes don't get 
enough credit for doing things of that nature. So big ups to you for doing that. And, um, you know, I appreciate you, you know, for giving that plug. I was going to ask you about it anyway, but I appreciate you for, for doing that plug, bro. Appreciate you. Thank you very much, man. And uh, hopefully uh, soon, man, we can get together, man, and have some lunch or something. And, and this, uh, you know, this fellowship, man, this Cedric Weber, I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, haven't seen some of the guys in a while. So it will be great to, uh, you know, just catch up with y'all guys and this uh, fellowship and just have a little fun, you know. For sure. Matter of fact, we're doing the um, minute basketball. We're, doing, we're bringing that back. Doing mm-hmm. like the city of Charleston. So all those athletes, all those former athletes I'm talking to, you know, we're going to be, I'm going to be asking for your hand and help coming back and coaching some of our fourth or fifth, fourth or sixth graders. And, you know, we do a national, we're doing a national recreational league. Oh, wow. That'd be awesome. Fourth through sixth graders. So building that feeder system. So it ain't over yet. And I'll, I'll be reaching back to you for your, for your help, big guy. Uh, no problem, man. I'm one phone call away, man. I appreciate it. And if I can help any way down, just, just give me a call, you know? I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Well, we got, Big Chucky, man, from James Island. Appreciate you for coming on, man. Uh, thank you for all you do. Man, thank you again. I appreciate your time. Make sure you tell your dad I say, what's up, man? I haven't <laughs> speaking to him. So I just tell you. him I say, hey. I got all you. All right, partner. All right, man. Be easy. What Jermel is doing with today's foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes First of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program. Because these are the kind of things that every community needs, looking out for the best interest of the youth. The future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing. And hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people. All right, guys, another one in the books. It was a great conversation from Big Chucky Robertson. Um, talked a lot of a lot of great things. Um, again, about the sacrifice and the things he's learned over the years of, of, of playing over overseas and playing the sport. Um, it's great benefits if you apply it the right way. Uh, coming up next, um, in our next segment we got Melvin Watson, MW, um, talking about. Again, the life lessons of being a student athlete. We'll be right back. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Thank you.